This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome from me, Pete Cameron, to Running Together, the show that encourages people to experience the many pleasures of jogging or running with others. Today, I am delighted to have with me, not one, not two, not even three runners, but four. We are pushing the limits of the studio equipment and size to manage the five of us, one of which is virtual. Thank you very much, Sean, for coming online. Why have such a large group? I have become a lover of track running. At a very late stage of my life, I will admit, even more surprising is my selection of event distance, the 800 and the 1500 with an occasional foray down to 400. These are the distances of classic Kiwi running greats, such as Lovelock, Snell and Walker. I therefore wanted to do something a little different to celebrate some of my own journey especially the amazing people I have met and become friends with through running. These friends span many age groups, which is one of the great things about running, especially track. It brings the young and older together unlike any other sport I know. Therefore, I have the following awesome 800 meter runners and all round fine folk. Ethan Smollett, representing the 20-somethings, Sean Forth, who is currently recovering from COVID and is with us on his phone, representing the 30-somethings. Phil Harrison, who definitely looks much younger than he really is, we won't disclose the full age, who is representing the 40-somethings. Next is Malcolm Cornelius, who is all for the 50-year-olds. And finally, we have George Turley representing the over-60s. So look forward to plenty of banter from the different generations. Enough of me talking. Let's get our guests introduced. Ethan, you're up. So what I'd like from you is we have a a good mate of yours in common, Charlie Heslett, and he's been on the show late last year. So can you give me a brief journey from when you started running competitively to now? Yeah. No pressure. Me and Charlie, we go way back. So it all started uh, probably, probably, I'd probably say like 2013, almost like 10 years ago now. Me and him were in the prim- primary schools, cross-country team. So this was a long time ago. And we kind of stumbled across each other around that age there. And we competed against each other. We're good mates. We so had a lot he was, in common. Sorry, he was Port Hills, wasn't he? He, he was, was a Port, Port Hills, Hills And you were Papanui Tock at the time. And I was Papanui Tock mm-hmm. Athletic Club. So eventually I was uh, being trained under Graham Christie. And he approaches me and he actually wants to, he, he was always a natural talent. He was always just naturally fit. He could just go out and race and he'd kick my ass, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> he started uh, training with Graham eventually. So he approached me to get in with the group and he was great. He crushed it. So me and him just being training partners would also race against each other throughout the years up until he's gone to America, obviously. But we had some great rivals, some great great races, and great training sessions all together. But he's he's one hell of an athlete, Charlie. He's so great. Charlie is over in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Philadelphia. Oh, was it Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
and you are currently obviously in, in yeah. Christchurch, <laughs> so you're obviously both both still competing around sort of the 800, 1500 meter. Yes. Of, yeah. Yeah. And we do keep keep in touch regarding how we're going. So it's still that rivalry there. Very good, mate. Yeah. And you're now with UC, aren't you? University yes. of Canterbury. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sean, we had a fellow club member of yours, the lovely Joe Van Rensburg, on the show. For the 30-somethings, when did you begin your running journey and what brought you to the present day? Uh, I was very late <clears throat> with taking running seriously. So about, I think, March 2021 was when... Sort of every Friday night after work in the public Montes, there was a lot of questions going, oh, are you going to park run in the morning, was what I kept hearing from yeah. people. So eventually I thought, oh, I might go see what this park run thing is all about. And it was just a you know, 5K run around Lake Pegasus on a Saturday that made me think, oh, I want to you know, get a PB next week and, and go from there. And then I thought, oh, one... Once a week is sort of not enough to to really make any big improvements. So uh, a friend from from Park Run said, "Well, why don't you come along on Thursday nights to this thing called the Good Trot, which Joe Van Rensburg, who you mentioned, set up herself. And what it is is a weekly on a Thursday night we meet at the Good Drop, which is a really cool little craft beer pub in Rangiora. It's world famous in North Canterbury." <laughs> And the good trot leaves from the good drop, and we go for a, about an hour long run on a Thursday night, and then um, have a couple of refreshments afterwards. Yeah, so I started going to that once a week, and then sort of Joe was really instrumental, and she sort of helped fire up my competitive spirit, and ended up signing up for the 10k race at Queenstown in November 2021 with a goal of doing that in 45 minutes, which I thought was a huge target at that point. Unfortunately, it was cancelled that year due to COVID, ironically. But I did end up going out to Pegasus on the day, Lake Pegasus, and with a mate, and running around the lake a few times and managed to do 10K in just under 45 minutes. Oh, well done. So, so it just grew from there, and it was I'm just I like to have a, a bit of target of something I'm trying to achieve and then obviously to, to do that I've got to do more and more and yeah I guess I just started trying to look out for opportunities to enter more and more events to get myself motivated and and eventually in 2022 I think I signed up for North Canberra Athletics Club and started doing the, the cross-country runs over winter and then the, it took a bit of confidence I think a bit of courage to decide to get down the track for the a couple of summers ago for the first time and get myself some spikes and <laughs> lace them yeah. up and, and, and get going on the track. That was that was probably the biggest hurdle, I think, mentally was trying to get myself down there because I, I think, I don't know, you've got to try and convince yourself that you're a proper runner when you go <laughs> down onto a proper track mm. of the spikes on. So, yeah, no, right, that was yeah. really cool. And then, yeah, like I said, I just, I try and enter everything I can. So, I'm, I've gone from last weekend running the Buller Gorge Marathon to um, this coming weekend was supposed to be running the 800 metres at the Masters, but um, unfortunately I won't be because of illness at the moment. Uh, it's a shame, yeah. mate. Look, you've come an awfully long way 
in such a short time. I didn't realize just how short that was. That's incredible. So, you know, congratulations yeah. to you, mate. Thank you. Phil, over to you. So I know you were slightly out of the 40s. Uh, but still running like it, even though you may not think it yourself. So where did it all start for you and what's brought you to February 2024? Yeah. Well, firstly, thanks a lot, Pete, for letting us come on. Oh, pleasure. It's, a, it's, a, it's an enjoyable experience. I think funny thing about getting older is your story gets longer, doesn't it? So <laughs> it might take me a bit of time <laughs> to explain everything, but I'll try and keep it brief. So I think I was always uh, a skinny little kid from Southland originally, just running around playing sport with my friends and loved team sports. Like most kids in New Zealand wanted to be an all-black, but yeah, obviously that sort of didn't happen. But I think we all sort of develop at different times. And I, I was quite small, and then I grew in my last year of high school, all of a sudden decided I could actually run a little bit. And that was, that was where I sort of did okay on the track and then got a coach. And then from getting a good coach, obviously, that, that really um, moved me forward and I ran a lot when I was at university and won a national title on the track. So that was just, you know, having intensive coach and just really focusing on it. That was a big part of my life in my early 20s. What, uh, what distance was the... Um, oh, that was 400. That was 400, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, I know we're talking about 800, but no, no, <laughs> to me that's a, yeah. twice as far as the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, and then I think in my late 20s, injuries came along and I, I sort of gave up and then got a, had a family and had kids and I just played a bit of football and then it was probably after the earthquake really um, in 2011 that I sort of thought maybe I should get back into running it's quite a good way of just coping with mental health and the stress of having a young family and you know working and that sort of thing and so I started trail running and like I even went up and did things like Abel Tasman, Rootburn Classic and even ran the Kepler and I think I'm probably the fastest 400 metre runner to ever run the Kepler so (laughs) pretty sure there's no one else out there stupid enough to do that but um, so I really enjoyed the trail running and, and then a few years ago I was just sort of watching people like Malcolm run on the track and thought I probably could still do that so give it a bit of a crack and just you know Malcolm sort of encouraged me to get back on there and have a go at Masters. It's been really fun, I've really enjoyed Masters a lot. It's it's, it's a lot more social than you know Ethan's age where, when it's quite intense when you're younger and there's a lot of pressure on times and that sort of thing but when you get older I think it's more about the people that you meet and the community and that's what I've really enjoyed and so just that's my story, really, in a nutshell. Just a quick question. How does it feel about getting slower? Well, it is, it is hard <laughs> mentally, but I won't lie on that one. But um, when you run a 400, it still feels exactly as pain, as much pain as yeah. when you run a 47 seconds when you're 21 years old as yeah. when you run 60 seconds when you're 50 years old. Um, it still feels exactly the same, which is really frustrating because you look at the time and go, why is that so slow? But mm-hmm. I think once you get past that, you actually – just try and look at it from a broader perspective and realise it's not just about the time that you run anymore, it's also about why are we actually doing this and trying to find other reasons why you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed all the longer stuff as well, like 5K, 10K, half marathon and, and the people that we meet. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually, when you look back on your sprinting career when you're younger, it's actually the people that you met when you were younger. Some of those guys were my groomsmen and have stayed friends for my entire life. People like Sean O'Sullivan, who's been on mm-hmm. the show before, you know, we used to train together when we were, Ethan's age and, and we're still really good friends now and we still run together and it's that's 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 really good so yeah you know, that's what it's really all about for me now it's all about the people yeah speaking of which Malcolm you are up it's quite a popular age for masters 50s 
50s running. So where did your journey begin and how have you got to the present day? For me, um, I played a lot of team sports right from a very young age, like from five. I played rugby, rugby league. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, I switched to playing football and played that for many years up until 2008. And I was playing masters um, soccer then and I wasn't enjoying it. And uh, it was just getting too aggro. People were, really? yeah, it was just not enjoyable. Mm. So I'd always said to myself, you know. Too competitive, do you think? Or is this? Yeah, it was competitive. I was playing in a quite a, a very competitive grade in a team that had won a lot of trophies over the years. Yeah. So there was pressure to win. To keep winning, yeah. And keep winning. And mm. you know, a lot of the time it wasn't that enjoyable. Yeah. And I just looked at it at the end of the last season and I thought, nah, no, I'm, I love the game. But I wasn't enjoying actually playing it. And the opposition, there were opposition players that were just, they just wanted to have a fight or, <laughs> and then <laughs> take you out of the game and break, break your legs and that sort of thing. And um, So I said, no, nah, I've had enough of that. And I looked at what I could do. And I was getting older. I actually saw an ad for the South Island Masters games down in Timaru and I thought hmm I used to do a bit of running on the track and I thought oh I might give that a go I'll go down and enter it and and uh, run a couple of races and see how it feel and I was basically hooked from then and so I started out doing sprints 1 100 200 400 800 for the first few seasons and um, didn't do the winter stuff and then I decided after that, I thought, oh, there's quite a few masters guys and free people that I'd got to know that actually ran the winter stuff. So I thought I'd give that a go, and which would help my track stuff. Yeah. When I first started that, it was a real shock to the system. <laughs> um, it was so, so hard. And I felt so slow compared to everyone else. I, there was still some very, very good older masters runners in their 60s and 70s even and they were passing me in these cross-country races and I was thinking what am I doing and you thought you were fit and fast and well yeah yeah, but I hadn't done any long stuff Mm. and to me you know like an 8k cross-country was long but I just persevered and said well I can only get better so I stuck at it and made a lot of friends yeah, just got fitter and faster and better. Carried on everything, really. I just enjoyed it all. Then I got to the point where I thought, well, I didn't have a coach for those first few years. And I thought, well, I'm going to improve. Got to sort of plateaued. So I thought I'd, I really need to find someone that knows what they're doing. Because I, I didn't really know. It was just what I'd read in books and stuff. What I'd seen other people do, but I wanted someone that knew what they were doing. I actually saw a very, very good coach, um, Bruce Milne. I don't know whether you've heard, heard of Bruce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been around for many, many years. He used to run against Snell and all those guys in his younger days, and he was a very, very good runner. Mm-hmm. He had 
turned to coaching and was taught by Arthur Lydiard himself. So he couldn't get anyone better than that. Yeah. He took me under his wing and showed me a lot of stuff and told me a lot of stuff. So I'm forever grateful for Bruce to get me where I got. In 2018, I went to a World Masters in Malaga, Spain, and uh, competed there. And that was fantastic. An experience that you'll never forget when you go over there, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's quite daunting when you're going to something like that, but it's an amazing experience to put on the New Zealand singlet and be out there, and it's amazing. I'd love to do it again. And, um, but sure I've just got to um, try and get the body working properly and good enough. And, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. I mean, I've been battling a few injuries the last few seasons, but as we all do as we get older, and just getting on the start line is a big achievement these days. But um, try and manage things and, and do the best you can and enjoy the experiences. You learn to cherish those moments, especially the ones where you um, just have those good runs. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Thank you, Phil. And thank you, Ethan. And thank you, Sean. Now, I'm going to be very brief with my turn. Normally, I'm just asking the question, so I'll very briefly explain my own. So I'm much closer to you, Sean. It's really fascinating hearing the different stories as far as you starting as a youth, uh, Ethan, you know, back in these, like the, what I would see as the, the classical way of you go through um, childhood athletics. For you, Phil, it was more later on, late teens, uh, and getting serious when the body was ready and other opportunities, if you like, had, had sort of dried up. And for you, Malcolm, it was a case of you were very active and sporty into your 40s and then realising, well, actually, the thing that I've loved for all these years isn't giving me the pleasure and therefore I'm going to move into something else and, and realising and surprising yourself that, in fact, this was something that has become a real passion, a long-term one. For you, Sean, it was a case of, I'm, I'm going to give something new a go. You kind of heard from uh, from other people. It was a little bit like that for me and probably not that different as far as the time period is concerned. So around 2020, but I was basically on the, on the track at about the same stage as you. 2022 was the first time I had actually ever been on a track racing. I thought you were a veteran. I was a veteran. <laughs> well, I was definitely a veteran by then, kind of thing, as far as my age is concerned. And just very briefly, my first race, because I didn't have a time to go by, it was an 800 meter race, my first time um, racing was against, because they obviously put me in the slowest race because I had never done anything before. And I think the oldest was a 16-year-old girl, and I got last. But the <laughs> weird thing about it is, it was, I'll probably remember that to the end of my days, as a really enjoyable experience. I got to the end and thought, wow, this is amazing. It was, it really surprised me that here was a, a run, first run on the track. I got last. I got beaten by all these kids that were probably, well, could have been, like, almost could have been their granddad sort of thing. And, um, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the banter before the run. I enjoyed the banter after the run. Yeah, great experience. And from and it's only been, what, two years since then, so I'm, I'm loving it. Anyway, that's my very brief story. Next round, let's go. Favourite distance and why? We're talking about 
I'll go with the track, but you can kind of veer into cross country or road if you really want to. Malcolm, you're up. Uh, the 800 for me. Um, Good choice. Yeah, it has to be. I've loved, always loved it. Yeah, it's just full on right from the gun and it punishes you if you hesitate. You have to know what you're doing or what you're going to do. You have a plan and be ready to change at any instant yep. depending on what ha- what happens. Yeah, 800 for me. It's exciting. It's fast. Uh, it combines stamina and speed. But in saying that, I do like the 10K as well on the road. <laughs> slightly different. Uh, it's slightly different. Yeah, it's sort of one extreme to the other almost. They're my two favourites. Brilliant. Sean, what's your favourite distance? Uh, I'll break it up a bit. And I've done two of them as all now. Uh, <laughs> what, you mean the marathon? Well, on the track, 200 metres. Just because it's so different, and I've just picked it up recently, so that opinion could change. But I just find it's real fun just pushing yourself to just sprint as fast as you can. Because, you know, most running races, we don't actually full-on sprint. So it's quite fun. And it's all over in um, about 26 seconds, and you're not actually that exhausted. <laughs> and you can run again the next day, so long as you haven't been at the bust of the hemi or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like you. I I, I lost my first two hundred meter race, and I think there was some teenage girls <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, seems to be quite popular. But way. I thought, no, oh, no, that was actually all right. Yeah. I still still enjoyed it. Oh, good stuff, Sean. Ethan, yeah. what about you? Yeah, I'll probably go with what Malcolm said with the eight hundred meters and. The reason being, like, it's, well, it's over relatively quick. But <laughs> a manageable period yeah, of pain. Yeah, it's a, it's a manageable period of pain, but you also want to be careful, right? Because if you go too fast, you can start hurting very early in the race. And often at times at any of end of any race, you're going to be hurting anyway. And when you, when you finish the race, it's just a great feeling. You know, you, you've pushed your limits. It's a great feeling. You almost get the runners high. And it's just, once you take it off, you know, it's just a good all-round run. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Phil? Pretty hard to pick one favourite. I like the fact that you can sprint the whole way in a 200, but <laughs> the event that probably is the most special to me would definitely be the 400 because I had success in that event, and I, I think it's a, it's a great event mentally as well, like really pushing yourself and um, at the end, you know, basically everyone dies. It's just who dies the, the least. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I, so I enjoyed the challenge of it a lot mentally. Um, I have to be honest, I do find 800 a really long way. And uh, coming from a sprint background, it's it's really brutal uh, race. Probably the race I enjoy watching the most is actually probably the 1500. Like, absolutely terrible to run it yourself, but... To watch it's really good because there's tactics involved and, you know, sometimes it can be slow and there's people kicking at the end and sometimes people lead off, like, fill it by and run the whole way on their own. And you watch someone like Ingebrigtsen run right from the front or someone like Josh Kerr come around the outside and it's, it's always, you never really know who's going to win a 1500. So actually mm. that would be my favourite race to watch. But in terms of running, probably the 400. For 400. Me. What about you, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> For me, I'm going to have to go with the 800, and it's probably a combination of what Malcolm and, and Ethan said, and that's because it's a manageable period of pain, I suppose. I, I, I'm still struggling with the 1500. I, I, I completely agree with you, though, Phil, as far as watching it. It's probably been my favourite. 
and the distance as far as watching the 1500. It's very entertaining, very interesting. You never really know what's going to happen. I'm too slow for 400, and I haven't, as I said, I haven't sorted out 1500, so um, I'm going to go with 800 because... Nice hybrid. Well, I, I, I've had a little bit of success with that so far. Right, next one. And you're up first, Ethan, as the youngest member. The best advice you can give for runners? Single piece of advice. It's, it's, it's a tough, <coughs> tough one. Um, I'd probably say just don't get too consumed in it all. You've got, you can't take it, especially from my age, it's, you know, it's quite competitive. You want to do the best you can, but you've also got to have you know, kind of a lighthearted approach as well. You can't get too consumed in it all. It's not healthy. You want to have fun still. And often you do run your best races when you're a little more relaxed. You know, you go into it ready to have ready to have a good time. So often what I'd say to most people is just got to relax a little bit because often the training will sort your race out. You don't have to stress about it too much because as long as you back yourself, you'll take care of the rest. Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice for us who are a lot older actually have to say so thank you Ethan for that Sean what about you I know it hasn't been very long mate but in the running scene but as a sort of recent starter what advice would you provide as a recent starter I'd make it about the social aspect not actually don't make it about don't get fixated on things you want to achieve or times you want to beat Mm mm-hmm just make it about, you know, getting together with friends or making new friends and enjoying each other's company and a few war stories over a beer afterwards. That's what makes it fun for me. And it makes you want to go out and do those hard midweek runs because, you know, you know, you get the other ones where you get to enjoy it with your mates and that. So it makes it a hobby more than a, a pursuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely get that. I get that. And you've, you've got a great setup there in North Canterbury with the, with the good drop guys and, and girls. So, uh, yeah, well yep. done you. Strava is fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. I really embrace Strava. It's like my go-through social media <laughs> because oh, cool. it's a great way to, to feel good about what you're doing and encourage others and it just yep. rubs off on it and, and you do get better as a result of that social aspect. Absolutely, it's a, it's a way yeah. of sort of keeping in touch and you know celebrating the successes of others as well. You can do that. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Phil. Uh, best piece of advice. Mm. Okay, probably my friends will laugh at this, but probably not taking yourself too seriously is a really good piece of advice, even though I fail at that quite often. But I think if you do want to aspiration, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's for all of us. <laughs> Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice would be if you do want to improve and if you do want to get better at running would be to get a coach. And I, especially for young people, but even older people, like I heard Malcolm talk about this earlier, and I got a coach a a few years ago, um, Mark Reed, who looks after me. He's the same age as me, but he's just been an absolute, he's been a legend for me, just helping me through coming back to running as an older person and we talk a lot about you know managing workload and making sure we do the work but recovery and that sort of thing so I, I definitely owe a lot to Mark for, for helping me with that and I think it's, it's great to have a coach someone who's just got your back the whole time and you have that good relationship with them so I'd say that's probably my biggest piece of advice Absolutely, I agree with you there Thanks Phil, Malcolm 
Oh, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> Just choose one. I'll keep it simple. Is um, I think for a new, any new runner is don't be afraid to give things a go. You might not think you're fast enough. You might not think you're good enough. You might think, oh, you know, those guys on the track, uh, they need to be, you know, elite runners or club. You know, you have to be something special. But everyone is special. Everyone that goes out there and gives it a go is special. And, you know, you don't, just don't be afraid. Just go out there. If you want to go out there and give something a go, give it a go. Don't worry about whether you're going to be get a great result the first time. It, mm. it, it doesn't matter. Just if you think you want to give something a go, do it. Don't be afraid. Set yourself your own goal. Go out there, and if you achieve that, you can be happy. Mm. Absolutely. Some fantastic advice from all of you. Thank you so much. I think that's pretty much covers it as far as I'm concerned. This is the end of part one of the 800 Groupathon, part two with Ethan, Sean, Phil and Malcolm will be aired on March 15th when they share their learnings, advice and preferences from many decades of combined running experience. Until then, stay safe, help yourself and somebody else if you're able. Happy running!